Welcome to the Joe Contractor Show, a podcast created by three regular Joes. The Joe Contractor Show is a place where trade professionals, business owners, and homeowners looking for solid advice and amusement can hear stories of great success and great failure in the turbulent and unpredictable world of construction. On the Joe Contractor Show, we dig deep into the realm of remodeling and construction. We chat with construction trade professionals, business owners, and homeowners alike. We support local independent contractors and those who put their trust in the hands of these capable and hardworking business owners and tradespeople. We discuss construction and home maintenance from multiple angles, and we do it with compassion, purpose, and humor. Listen as Lori Merrick and Sam, along with a wide variety of guests, explore topics related to construction, homeownership, small business creation, and more. A quick reminder, don't forget to send your questions to questions at joecontractorshow.com. And after you've done that, please take a moment to hit the like button, subscribe, or talk about us tomorrow morning at the local coffee shop. We appreciate feedback and critique, and it lets us know that you're out there and that you care. Hey everyone, it's Sam Devine with the Joe Contractor Show. Uh, I have a special announcement for you today. We are launching a weekly newsletter. If you would like to sign up for some tips and tricks that we send out every week and a little overview of what happened on the show last week, head over to joecontractorshow.com or joecontractor.com and sign up for the newsletter now. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Um, oh, I should have cleared my throat before we started. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Joe Contractor. Sam, Merrick. Hi, you guys. Yeah, good to be back. Hi, Lori. Good Hi. to see you guys. Yeah, so um, we've got a, a kind of a unique one today. We're going to do, um, we're not going to do a full hour of question and answer unless unless we let everything just get away from us and an hour from now we're like oh my god we recorded for an hour never happened to us (laughs) (laughs) no um no we're gonna do we're gonna shoot for like a half hour and we've got we've got some very thoughtful questions that have been submitted to us so i think there's no reason for us not to just jump right in on them sure i'll I'll, uh laurie's got the questions in front of her merrick is in case you're wondering if he seems like he's not paying attention, it's because he's he's trying to get live questions while we're recording this. That's right. I was paying attention. I know you were. <laughs> I know you were. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's fun. Um, someday we're gonna we'll we'll end up doing these live too, and you yep. can call in with your questions. But for now, yeah. um, submit them. Go to the website, uh, and you will find something somewhere that says. Uh, contact us yeah Yeah, contact us and then you can send us a question so all right here we go all right here's the first question here what can you do on your own without calling a professional and having to pay the big bucks hmm what would you tell a homeowner just do that yourself well i would say um there's certain things that there's a lot you can do. It kind of depends on who you are and what your skill sets are and stuff. But there's a lot mm-hmm. that you can do. There's a lot that you probably shouldn't do unless you're decent <laughs> at things. Um, but I, there's certain things that I, I think are almost exclusively homeowner things. And I would say like window restoration is one that you just don't want to pay someone to spend no. the amount of time it takes to do this stuff. No, whether it's hooking up your weights on the window so you can put those old double hungs up. 
Yeah. You can do it yourself. There's a lot. I mean, it's not easy, but it's not difficult if you watch a YouTube video or two. YouTube is your best friend. Yeah. And And you can't really screw up glazing windows. I mean, you might have to redo it if it looks crappy from the inside. But, you know, there's something that's very time consuming, right? Glazing your windows. That's what I think of. I think of that, and and there's other things. I, there's other things that are a labor of love. Are you, are you saying that a homeowner can glaze windows? Yeah. Why not? There, I don't know. <laughs> Merrick, <laughs> Merrick skeptical. Merrick's going to do it for you. He just insulted you, the listener. No, you, <laughs> uh, no I mean I. I would say that I would put it's that a, into the category it's a of skill, but everything is. So where do you start? Yeah, and and I mean honestly, when you look at the cost to to restore old windows, mm-hmm. have a professional do it versus like maybe I should just get new windows. That and you know restoration of old woodwork and stuff. Like if you have the desire to do it and the ability to do it, I would say those are homeowner things. Otherwise, you are going to pay through the nose. What for about those stripping things. wood? We, just. Yeah. I just want to go over some okay. like ground rules if you're going to do your own glazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, so, you know, Eric, you are the you are the restoration expert. Well, true. I mean, you know, so I've I've done quite a bit of glazing, mm-hmm. and it it is a it's a really technical thing because you know you don't want to see the glazing on the inside right. of the window when you look out, right? So that's that's the number one rule. So you're you're sort of matching that sticking right on the yeah on the exactly yep. yeah, and then. You know, before you start making sure that the glass is in there tight, because you might need to pull out more glazing and get some glazing points in some there. Points which um, hold the glass in to hold it so it's not rattling. Mm. And then um, you also want to make sure that you're glazing to bare wood. You don't want to prime the inside angle around the glass first, or you won't get a good bond. I thought you did want to prime it. No. Nope. No. Oh, no. I would have gone the opposite yeah, direction on that, too. No, you want okay. to clean it. Yeah. Clean it really good with paint thinner, but you're going to get a better glo- you're going to get a better bond to that bare wood huh. because the huh. glazing can embed into the pores of the wood. Makes Man, sense. so if I were you, I'd be looking on YouTube for the Merrick Reader uh, tips on glazing section which you haven't made yet no no there's a whole series coming in (laughs) 2026 i think yeah Yeah, that's right it may be a while but Mm -hmm. um no that's that's good to know so there's things about that i would say painting you know sure doesn't mean Uh, everybody's good at it either but again you can do it and save money and get better at it if the more you do it yep um so the question was what what can i do as a homeowner that i don't have to call the Oh, there, well, there's a lot of things that you're going to pay a lot of money for a specialty guy to come out and you can go or to the gal. tool rental store and you can <laughs> rent a jackhammer or you can rent a uh, snake yeah. to clean out your drains. Like there's a lot of things that are not highly skilled that you just need a big fancy piece of equipment that you can go get for a hundred bucks from the rental store. Yeah. Good. Fair point. enough. Yep. And there again, you know, all of this is going to depend on on your comfort level with with machines and stuff like that, or comfort level with tools, or comfort level with, you know, with just doing work sometimes. But um, yeah, there's a lot you can do. I think when it comes to full renovations of things, yeah. you know, like if if you if you have it in you to tackle a little bathroom, 
I would say go for it yeah. if you can. And I would even say on that note is there's a, calling a plumber to fix a, maybe a running toilet. One little thing is, you know, there's a trip charge and whatever. Fix your own toilet. It, you can find some YouTube stuff and find your toilet online and or a, a leaky faucet, you know, or a, tighten up your your traps that are you know that's where the water's leaking yeah. out of yeah. there's things that that could cost you a lot of money and that if you just put a little time into it you probably could do it yourself toilets are an interesting one to me um because because generally if you've got a 20 or 30 year old toilet right like it's it's in our nature to look at this porcelain glazed thing and look at it and say it's in such good shape why should i replace it but the truth of the matter is once they start going faulty on you, they almost always just give you trouble uh, unless you, you know, like even if you try and replace the entire guts, guts of the toilet, yeah. it still gives you trouble somewhere. You'll be doing it a lot probably. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and a replacement toilet is two, three, four hundred bucks for a nice one. And so, I, and that's not even that hard to do. No. So. You know, I would look into that too if mm-hmm. if it were me as a homeowner. Faucets too. Yeah, faucets too. Yep, yep. There's, uh, I would say, less and less replaceable parts on these things that where it kind of makes sense if they've run there. I, I don't like it. I don't like that things go into the landfill. But if they're 15, 20 years old, they may have run their course. Like that might be all the longer they were really designed to last. And, you know, uh, Old toilets use a lot more water than the right. current ones, so the environmental impact of having a toilet in the dump is probably less than dumping a bunch of water down the drain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and and you'll, you know, you might replace the guts three or four times, and you've spent as much as you would have to buy a new toilet. So I don't know. Sometimes I yeah. just think it's one of those things. What about electrical? Wait a minute. Did we get a question? We got. No, we we do. We have, we have a, a live uh, question. We have a couple of live questions. Right. So we have um, we have Jack. Okay. Who is, um, he's a listener and he's from Florida and Massachusetts. Okay. Right. And he's in Florida right now, headed back to Massachusetts. Well, he can't and, be in both places at once. Well, he, he's a resident <laughs> of both. Yes. So, um, you know, he asked, um, should the circuit to a tankless water heater be turned off it'll, if it'll be unused for six months? Hmm. Because he. Yes. Yeah. Should yeah. the circuit. I. I let me think. What I would say if it's truly not going to get used, I think in in reality it doesn't really matter. But yeah. you better know that I would shut the water off. So if he's talking about the electrical circuit, that's one thing. But if you're, I would turn it off. Mm-hmm. I've got a, so I've got one on demand. It doesn't run. It just sits there until it's, you call for water, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not calling for water. I don't even think I'd shut the water off because it's not calling for water. No, so, but, but you're saving electricity to shut it off. Oh, there would be a little bit of electricity yeah. that would be powering the panel. Uh-huh. Yeah, not yeah, much. But. Not much. No, but but enough to yeah say shut it off. But but if I were going to do anything, if I were leaving for six months and the water truly wasn't going to get used, I'd shut the water to the house off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I do right. that all the time. And and I actually have an on-demand water heater. And then I have a boiler for my radiators. That's the same. And I sh- and they're the same. They're yeah. n- 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 exact same unit. unit. Oh, and, you, no, are two you two units? units? Okay. Yeah, this was before dual units. I've had yeah. mine so long. Yeah. And so I have my, 
But I, I, shut, I shut my my boiler off. I turn it off. I don't turn any water off, and it sits until winter. Yeah. And it's the same, exact same unit as my on-demand. So I would... And I, I have an on-demand at home, and, and I get what you're saying. For, for the electrical savings, yeah. sure. Like, but if I'm totally gone, I would turn my water off and drain everything. Totally, if you're gone for a long period of time. Yeah, I think so. It's a safety thing if something cracks or breaks. Mm-hmm. Well, I, so I would say shut... The, I like this question because I would say shut the water <laughs> off, but I would be inclined to leave the system wet because I feel like it's going to corrode less or something if it's wet than if it's dry, if I drained the system. I don't know for sure if I'm right about this. Yeah, though. It, it I might don't be know about the on-demand. I guess maybe I would... Check with your... Then I wouldn't even turn the water off. I just leave the water on so it's sitting in there. Well, I mean, just the water on the house. Because because if a if you're going to oh. leave for six months, you want to shut the main, main water off on the house. But you'd leave the water sitting in I there. I would, personally. Yeah. I would just leave it all sure. in there. Well, so. This can't be that much damage then. No. Better than a well, full tank. Well, Jack, I hope you're not more confused now than you were before you asked the question. But. Ruined that one for you, Jack. I love it. I love it. Thanks I do, for the I question. Do another, I do have another this live, is great. Okay, live this is great. question. Let's do it. So this is Nick yep. uh, from Colorado. Yep. And um, he is asking, how many contractors should I talk to before I sign with one? And how do I prevent going way over budget? Okay. I thought he was going to ask how many contractors it take to screw in a light bulb or something like that. It's going to be some joke like, oh, I don't want to know the answer. <laughs> this always goes wrong. That too. <laughs> um, how but many three is just, three is kind of the general rule to get three bids on something. You know, we addressed this on one of our other shows, but yeah, three. I mean, three is a good number, but on, on the same note, you better find the one you get along with the best. Yeah, I mean, one's a good number if they come highly recommended. Yeah, it is. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it's not that. It's not that. It depends on the scope of the project. This is what we talked about the last time we talked about this. If if you're doing a two hundred thousand dollar remodel, first of all, your your bids are going to be between one eighty and two twenty or whatever. Right. You know, um, and yeah, maybe you want to get three different looks at it, just especially if you don't know any of them well, just to kind of see what they're like and For gauge sure. their personalities. If you don't know anybody, and nobody's been recommended. Yeah, yeah. But if you've got if you've got a recommendation from someone you trust and you know that the person who's coming out to do your work is highly reputable and really good at it, like I, one is fine sometimes yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the other, well, the, oh, how do you know you have it, how the do you budget? Keep from go, how do you keep from going way over budget? You get a really good plan up front. Don't just rush into the project. Get a good plan and, and, uh, and then plan for about 20% over. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly accurate. I would also say, um, so budget, I think, <laughs> I think, and I'm not calling you out as homeowners, but I will say that when a, when a contractor is scoping out the work that you're asking them to do and they're saying, okay, here's your plan, here's a, a reasonable scope of work, this is what I think is going to happen. If you don't want to deviate much from that budget, don't change anything. Because that's where, right. it, you know, little changes. You, you, you do not look at your contractor and say, well, can we just do this? I, the, right. Can we just? Yeah. yeah. It, like, well, you just added five grand. Right. Like, can we just is, is a killer. Yeah, so. they, you know, on that same note, what I always, people are always like, well, how much does it, you do people generally go over budget? And I'm like, never, except for the client asking for changes or additional work. 
Otherwise, rarely do we go over my estimate. You know, I'll, I would say this. I'm a, I completely agree. If I were doing work at my house and I had a bathroom that I was redoing or a kitchen or something like that, like I would set a budget and stick to that budget because I know the only way I'd go over it is if, if I decided, well, I really want to upgrade my countertop. So I'm going to spend the extra money on this when I had planned for that. Mm -hmm. But like we make good clients to ourselves because we understand the thing so well that we don't ask ourselves to do things outside of the scope. Right. 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 But I think where, where clients really get in trouble with that and where contractors get in trouble with that, to be fair, um, because they're, they're adding things and maybe not. I've, I've run into this myself. I'm not great at making change orders and making sure everything's well documented. Um, I am. Yeah. Now. <laughs> now you are. Yeah. Well, and I, and I'm, I'm back to just doing one thing right. in the trades, which right. makes my life a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but you know, you don't want as a homeowner, you don't want your contractor to be not making money when they're doing your work because then they start to do shit work. Right. Like it's just the way it works. So don't go with a low bid ever. <clears throat> yeah. And, and don't look for that optimistic contract there that says that's easy. That's cheap. Yeah, that's just not. not the reality. Well, and I think your own construction knowledge comes into play, right? Like I might go buy, I might go get a guy to do work on my house who's really trustworthy and doesn't like isn't maybe isn't the most knowledgeable guy because I can oversee and I can be like, well, here's the plan. You're going to do A, B, C, and D. And well, you're G. managing your own project at that right. point. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you're going to be anywhere on that spectrum. But if you are if you don't know anything about construction, you better get a contractor who knows their stuff that you can trust and spend a little bit more money because... Yeah. If I were a person not who didn't know anything about construction and I was looking at three bids, I would choose the highest. The three bids are not apples to apples. It provided, might be the cheapest. Provided the that they're the most reputable or whatever. Because, yeah. because they're the ones most likely estimating it more correctly. Yeah, that budget is what you want to go for. At yeah, least because... Minimally. Use that budget. Yeah. That's right. I mean, you can get yourself into so much trouble. If you really, truly don't know much, you want someone who comes in and just does it all right because the the additional cost to doing things wrong is is so ugly it is. i am gonna also add what i just what we just what i just said, mentioned that you will never get three bids that are apples to apples that high no. bid or that low bid they're missing they're they're, they're never the same no mm -hmm. they there's not a bid i did some uh installation water intrusion issues and met about three people for some clients friends of mine and and I said, I don't want you guys to even look at these bids because they're not the same. And one was missing painting the foam, the spray foam. One was missing <laughs> right. oh, the sheet that forgot to add the insulation in the garage. But one was high, you know, higher and lower. And if the client had looked at it, they would have went, oh, take the low one. But that was mm -hmm. missing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And be be ready, like getting construction done on your, and I know this right now because I'm getting all these different quotes for all these different things at my house. It's a job like set aside some time to oh, really it is read work. these quotes, to be ready to follow up with these people, to get all of the estimates. You're going to have to organize them in some sort of file. It's not like you can just put it out there into the universe and then you'll get all these bids in your email in a nice organized way. 
you it's going to take take your time if you really want it to work out and you really want to save money I think another name for our podcast could have been construction chaos because (laughs) the world is in construction chaos right right now. It is tough out there. So, I I mean, I know we pounded home and I know we're all professional contractors. So we, you know, we are, we have a bias, but I would say far too often recently, especially, but far too often throughout my career, I've seen people get into trouble by, by, choosing the cheap person that they think is going to be such a deal and it's just never a deal and it's never a deal for either party no it's it's the best i've been you know when you first start out we've all probably even been there done that little bit and going ah shit how do we make up for this and so it's not it's a lose-lose and you never do that so go ahead i got a funny story about our our (laughs) siding you get a siding we we got this bid from the big dog siding company yep and it was like Twice as much as if we had one guy come and do it, and yep. we bought all the materials. So, so you know, it, and the siding, you know, but it was a full-time job running and getting, oh, I didn't get the enough siding. Go buy me two more boxes. And we're like, okay, run over there and do that. And the guy didn't show up, and it took – three months to get our siding done and right. it was a huge headache, but it was worth it for us because we didn't have $26,000. We had 12,000. Right. Right. And, and we just, yeah. you know, it was miserable, yeah. but it and was cheap budget. and it got done and it, at yeah. the end it looked good. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the quick, cheap or, you know, time speed or cost. Yeah, no, it's uh, a, it's, it's, do you yeah. want it done cheap Fast or good, right? You know, yeah. And pick two of three. Pick two of three, and you always figure out that, like, oh man, I wish I could have all three. You can't. No. So, so if you don't have a lot of money and you do want to figure out, there are alternatives, but then expect it to take longer, maybe not be as high quality, um, you know, stuff like that. Right. You didn't get it. I got another one. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay, so we have um, Marissa here in Minneapolis. And um, she is asking, um, as a homeowner, what are the most important power tools that an amateur can own? Oh, love that. Well. A a little (laughs) screw gun, the little one that has three different heads on it. That's for sure number one. Yeah? What are the three? What what do you mean three different heads? Oh, my God. Have you seen them? I can show you mine right here. I've got a Milwaukee and a two Bosch, but um, it's a little screw gun. It fits in a you know smaller hand or a big yeah. hand, whatever. A little twelve volt batteries. Yeah, and it has a regular screw head or a regular head on it that you can take off. You mean like a chuck? Yep, like a, a chuck, a, a typical yep. one that you would throw a drill bit into. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can take that one off. You can put the um, right angled one on, oh. so it turns a corner. So then you can put a bit on that. Yeah. And then you can put on um, an offset head. So you take screw, just one click and they pop off and you throw the next one on. Nice. It's offset so that if you're working in a countertop trying to tighten under a cabinet or something, yeah, yeah. under a chair, and the screw, head, the screw goes off to the side. And it's, um, I bought one f- for all my family members. <laughs> that's was, nice. That's my, that is the one tool that I would say... I think a circular saw is a really. Well, you're you're touching on you're touching on something. So this is such a a broad (laughs) question. I'd say, 
do you value your body parts? Yeah. You know, do you, do you value? It's one of the last things I even let my apprentices use. I would, that one's tough. I would say a jigsaw because nobody can get hurt or a sawzall, jigsaws. Sawzall. It's harder to get hurt on those for yeah. sure. You have to kind of work at yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I, like a circular is, saw is a great little tool. That's but, all you need to build a house, but. But only if you're comfortable with that stuff. Like mm-hmm. don't, it's like, uh, it's like people who, are you know I, I've driven a motorcycle since I was 16. It's like people who are 55 and they're like, "I'm gonna get a Harley." Like, oh, yar, are you? You've never driven in your life and you're gonna die if you have never <laughs> get a never, scooter. Yeah, start with a scooter. You can even get one of the big fat scooters. That's fine. That goes pretty fast. Don't get a Harley right away. Uh, if you've never run a circular saw. Or any of the other, so the I think the big difference there is that those blades go really fast, and like I've got a cousin who cut his fingers off twice with, with a, a lot of surface area. So there, you can, if you turn it quickly, it'll kick back, is what we call it. It's yeah, kicking right, back. right. Um, so be careful. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, part but of that little eighteen it. volt set that you were talking 12. about, or twelve volt, <laughs> right? Um, they have um, these little handheld sawzalls that are pretty. They're great. Pretty oh, yeah. cool. That yeah. you know that, that it's really hard to hurt yourself it with is. a sawzall. You have to like yeah. push it on yourself and keep pushing. You know, yeah, you've like done if this? You, you've tried. No, that? but I mean, <laughs> if you if you hit your finger, you're gonna pull it back, yeah. right? Whereas with a circular saw, if you hit your finger, your finger's over there. Yeah. You right. know, like it's different. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. No, so. I've not sawed any, anything purposefully off of my own body. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to answer your question. But a chop saw. A little safer. A little safer. I let my kids safer. do that when they were younger. Yeah, I mean, so, so but circular again, saws, chop saws, table saws, they all have a blade. Yeah. A big, you know, 9-inch, 10-inch, whatever, 7-inch. Those... Those are a little on the more skilled, a little more dangerous side of things. And they can a, kick too. They can, yeah. Yeah. But but I would say, um, yeah, like the stick to the jigsaw. The Milwaukee kits, cut. the jigsaw, the sawzall. Sawzall. Um, multi tool, yeah. maybe. I mean, oh, I, I think, love multi tools. I know. Yeah. If you have a, if you've got some money and you want to buy just like the Milwaukee kit. That's got it's got a circular oh. saw, it's got a little sawzall in there, it's got a drill, it's got an impact driver, and then you're going to be pretty much set for any project that you want to do. I do love those, but yeah. I think they're great. And if you're going to try to do it on the cheap, still buy a cordless drill. Don't think that you're going to buy a the cheap twenty dollar drill no. with a cord on it and drive screws in. No, oh that. no, like, that's different. I do love corded tools still. Because, because I use them yet. Well, a circular saw is fine, or yeah, like you know, that. a sawzall. That's that's no, fine. I, I'm but, with you. But as far as you know, you see so many homeowners go and buy a corded drill because it's the cheapest one, and they right. just need to drive some screws. But, but they don't drive screws well. No, no. You need. The, I, I, I think just if if you were to pick one thing, I'd go back to that little twelve volt battery or uh, little uh, screw gun kit. I like it. It's either Milwaukee mm-hmm. or Bosch are the two main ones. I, more more people are making them, but. I think Milwaukee, of course, started. And almost everyone makes the the two tool kit that is the one's a drill and one's a impact Impact. driver. And those are pretty nice. Those are pretty handy. Pretty handy. One or the other. Yep. Yep. Or both. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. What what else? Oh, uh, a level. 
Yeah, that always comes in handy. And don't just get a uh, like a little <laughs> torpedo level, like a six inch one. Like get, get, a, get, get a, a two or two four foot, foot. at, at, least, at yeah. least two foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. the the really short ones don't give you much length to get your actual level off of. Yeah. You know, so I mean, and you gotta you know, have a good tape measure. Good tape measure. In a fact, hammer. Hammers aren't used too much, but yeah, there is a pictures. There's a um, there's a number like well, I guess you have to be in the trades, but. You, but there's a number of tape measures that a person actually has to be own in order to be able to find one whenever they need one. <laughs> That's right. And it's it's somewhere <laughs> higher than ten. I know that because it doesn't matter how many as a contractor, how many tape measures you buy, you can never find it when you need it. You leave them all yeah, over. Yeah, it's, it's hard to saturate. <laughs> yeah, it is. they got to be hanging off you yeah. everywhere. Um, some Allen wrenches. Those are good. Allen wrenches yeah. are good. They yeah, come in, they come in pretty handy. Put having a little hand tool bag put together and for that kind of stuff if you're not using it all the time go into harbor freight and you can oh i don't just get a lot of that, that stuff there and you can get it for really get it really cheap for the hand tool stuff but yeah i mean I, I like the nicer stuff generally not. but harbor freight's good for for just filling out your collection if you just you're never going to use your you know your your 50 piece set of screw bits anyway so you mm-hmm. might as well just go pick up the the affordable one so you're going to pay yeah. four times as much as you are at, you know, go to the hardware store and yep. buy, you know. All right. We got any more questions in there? We got one, see, we one more over here. Lori. I've got some more. Go, yeah, go, go ahead. I don't have okay. any. Okay. From um, what should every homeowner know as an emergency issue? If, if some emergency pops up in their house, what is something that they would need to know? Like what are the emergency things? Oh, I like things? this one. So maybe the we've got a big water leak. Some yeah. breaks. How about that? Yeah. So where are the water shutoffs? That, yeah. I mean, that would be that would be number one in my yeah. way of thinking. Um, where there's so there's two different kinds of valves that that and and usually the city will have one. They kind of own the one before the meter inside your house, and then there's another one shortly after that. Usually. Usually. Be. Yep. Um, and it doesn't really matter. One of the other of those hopefully is a quarter turn valve. And so a multi-turn valve, you have to sit and crank it and crank it and crank it. And then they get rusty and don't work. And then they get rusty and they <laughs> and don't they work and they break. leak and they break and they're yeah. tr- problematic. Yep. But most people still have a lot. I mean, that's 50% of the households I go into. Totally. And and usually on the city side, for sure, mm-hmm. it's almost always 100 don't years old. use the old looking one. No. Right. It's a general rule. If you, one yeah. looks newer... Use that one. Yeah. And if you can get a plumber out there, if you don't have one, if your main shutoff is not a quarter turn modern valve that's Or you don't have good, two. Or you don't have two, get a plumber out, have them shut it yeah. down, slip you in a nice quarter inch or a quarter turn valve there valve that that you know its location. And then when, you know, like your refrigerator, the the water line in the door on the refrigerators, they break. A lot. They do. Oh, my God. I've had so much water in my basement from my refrigerator line. Yes. Mm -hmm. And when that stuff happens, it's because of there's some flex there. When that stuff happens, people don't know how to shut things off. So the the easiest, quickest way to shut the water off is to go find that main valve and shut it down. But if you're at a, you know, if you're at your sink... You know, you can, and you need to shut it off right away. A lot of times you'll have little shutoffs underneath the sink yep. too that'll shut those water lines off. Absolutely. Yep. yep. And and you should familiar yourself, 
familiarize yourself with all of those different shutoffs for the water. Water is the one that freaks people out the most. I will say this. A temporary water leak looks like, oh my God, the world's ending, but it dries. It's, It's okay. It's okay. But you do, it's, nothing's more nerve wracking than to have something shooting out of the wall at you and you can't shut it (laughs) off and you don't know, you know, like you don't know where the shut off is. Go familiarize yourself with that. I think think next would be, you know, knowing where your electrical panel Mm -hmm. is and making sure that you always have access to it because there's nothing worse than the lights going off in your house and having to climb. I mean, I've, I've. would suppose maybe this is theory yeah maybe if you put a bunch of crap in your utility room and the lights go out and you can't get to your breaker you could get hurt yep and i would i would say with that too uh whether it's watching youtube again or or even you know talking to an electrician or something but but understand what the electrical panel is and what it does because the breaker is I just have dealt with a lot of homeowners who like, we haven't had power in this room for six months. Like, well, did you ever check the panel? And they're like, what's a panel? Like, (laughs) are you serious? You know, like understand whether you've got an older home and you have fuses, which are few and far between these days, but maybe you do, or a more modern electrical panel, like figure out what it is breakers do and how they work and how, what they look like when they're, sprung when they've popped um so if all hell would break loose and you don't really know your and and understanding your breakers or where it goes or what to shut off there is a main shut off on your electrical panel that you can shut the whole board down so in in that would that do you really want to do that if you know nothing else about electrical do that if you smell some smoke or not sure there's a short or something isn't working. Yeah. You can do that, but um, then find you, ideally you want to find the breaker that goes to that appliance or hair dryer that blew up or toaster or whatever. Yeah, and, and someday and, when the sun is shining and and it's 68 degrees out and you've got nothing better to do, go in and shut off every breaker if they're not labeled. Yeah. Label each one so that you know where where they are. And then if... Uh, you know, GFIs are another one that like people have trouble with electrical all the time and it's not the breaker. It's their GFCI their ground fault Pretend. interrupter yeah. um, somewhere in the house that what they don't understand is that those are put um, kind of upstream of a lot of other electrical outlets. So you might have an outlet that's dead and not realize that somewhere closer to the panel is a GFI outlet that's popped that that has caused all of these outlets or this entire circuit to go go dead now right. for you. So. so you've checked your breaker box and there's nothing, all the breakers are working, it's at the, it's at an outlet, a GFCI outlet. Yep. Yep. You know, and, and if you if you want to find out which breaker or certain room is, you can just touch the wires together. You can just stick a fork in your outlet. Well, that's actually <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> Don't do that. Well, why Don't not, do either man? of those things, actually. Let's, uh... No, no, don't listen to these guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, getting electrocuted is kind of fun. It reminds you of what life's like. Oh, you know, man. You know, actually, I a funny story about that. So, um, my, um, so when I first got, you know, this guy hired me on to, um, you know, he had a handyman company, you know, and I had just 
come off of the road and I was pretty rough around the edges, right. big beard and long hair. And I rode my bike over to his house and, uh, you know, at 28 or whatever, he was a kid. He you was know. a kid yet. So, <laughs> so, um, and so this guy was remodeling his entire house and he was like, he was like, all right, so, you know, we're going to, I'm going to have you put in all the outlets, but before you do that, I need you to, I need you to touch this hot, terminal on this outlet and I need you to do it until you I want you to touch it until you're totally comfortable with the electricity so I would so (laughs) Lori's face I don't know if this was like hazing or what but like but it totally worked because because now I'm not afraid of it yeah you know so you know so then I could you know but but what a uh Oh, that's totally hazing. (laughs) (laughs) See, I don't, I don't necessarily think it is. (laughs) I think it's just old school. My, my electrician never put a circuit tester to anything. I never saw him do that once. He always just touched it until he felt it. And, and I've done, uh, I've done enough electrical legally. (laughs) Air quotes. (laughs) I've done enough electrical um to have been zapped uh you know a hundred times we know sam yeah you can tell <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> i do starry look in his eyes yeah i do think most electricians i love you electricians but i do think most electricians are a little bit weird <laughs> but anyway have you guys ever heard of those guys that this is totally Uh-oh. way out there <laughs> yeah, yeah let's but do it but there's but there's these guys that work on the high tension wires oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. they use they wear these suits that are metal and so that they can touch these high tension wires and all of the electricity just stays on the outside of the suit and they can grab these things with hooks from helicopters yeah it's the most yeah everything about that because i've watched a few of those like it's terrifying to me yeah every single bit of it i don't want to have like the helicopter thing the high the high voltage power going through it none of this is working for me way off the ground (laughs) how do you get paid enough for that my my nephew's a lineman and he had one of his guys a younger guy one of the younger crew sent up in a storm and got his arm blown off Mm. touching something you know yeah no there they weren't set up right there was some little mistake yeah a little mistake (laughs) ends up being a big problem in those cases right yeah. Yeah. yeah, so seriously, don't don't mess around with electricity. We, no. we, we were joking about off. it, but but it is a serious thing. <laughs> Just find your shut off. Turn it off. <laughs> hey, Lori's right. Don't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do one more for the, that same question of uh, what an emergency situation at home. Or, the other thing is gas. What if you smell gas? Mm. Oh, it's the same thing. You know, you see, so you've got water coming in, you've got electricity coming in, and you've got gas coming in. Ooh, You've got sewer going out too, but, but gas. Um, yeah. I mean, there is a shutoff in your house and like in a, in a commercial building, there's a big sign that says gas shut off and it points to it. You don't have that at home. You should, you should find it and write that on the wall near it or something you like can't here's legally where turn gas. off your gas meter. You, only the gas company can you can find you'll have gas shut off just same thing with like a ball just a little lever on the side though you're not no. supposed to they when you have a gas leak you're supposed to call them and then they'll come and then they shut it off and say now go call a professional so you are not legally in center point energy anyways you can't shut your gas off on the yeah. meter 
Yeah, the you're right. Is, so. But in your, inside your house, you'll have gas shutoffs for in, running, so you can turn those off. For, for each, each individual appliance. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, that's like, so gas is almost, I mean, it's always yellow. The older stuff can be black. Um, but... But like if you've got a gas range or a gas water heater or a gas dryer, there should be a yeah. yellow shutoff nearby. Right. And so you, if any, and yeah. so the leak would probably be from one of those appliances, and their code wise are supposed to have their own shutoff, so you can shut each, yeah. where, shut it off. But um, you're right. Like like the here in Minnesota, and I'm sure this is probably similar in most of the rest of the country. If there, if you smell gas and you call them. They are legally obligated to get out there like immediately right. yep. and check it all out. Yeah. So, and if you can't figure it out right away, leave. Right. Yeah. Get get away from the house. They do blow up sometimes. It's not common, but if your house is filled up with gas, you want to get out of there as fast yeah, as possible. And it can't. You know, you might not think there's anything that can spark it, but a water heater turning on. Oh, I got um, a story. Yeah. Just get out. <laughs> yeah. We were we were working on a kitchen. And we had our mutters and tapers there. They put plastic all the, over the new counters and hung it all down. That real flimsy light. Painter's plastic. Yeah, painter's plastic. Yep. There you go. And uh, um, they called and said they had a little ex- minor explosion in the kitchen. And we're like, what? <laughs> and they, uh, somebody, one of the kids had accidentally hit the gas stove, which was behind the plastic. And, a, and the friction there, the um, static? static static electricity the- sparked with the gas and it just did a, a flash explosion yep. just flashed and the kid two of the, one of the kids got burned and had to go into the oh, ER no. it was the owner's kid and then uh, of the com- of that company and we melted a magnet that was on the fridge you, and then we that had to call it. the homeowner and say um, there's a small issue at your house oh, but everything's okay oh that was for a homeowner <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that's oh, that could have been worse oh it could have been horrid yeah, yeah that was scary yeah. but but you know, everything's okay, but there's a little explosion at your house. <laughs> yeah, not something you want to call and <laughs> no, tell someone. No. no. Anyway, so that, so that's things that can happen. You can accidentally have that gas stove. I'm sure everybody's had that happen. But Yeah, and the, you have to be very careful around gas. Yeah. So um, those are the, I mean, those are the main things. The main three things are, those are that, you know, major disasters, right? Gas, water, and electricity. If you know those shutoffs, yep. that, uh, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. I don't think there's much you can do if your sewer is backing up. That's uh, really. that's kind of yeah, you're. It's gross. It's gross, <laughs> and and you know, there, I would say you could to avoid a sewer disaster, which is a a whole different thing. But to avoid a sewer disaster, you can, um, you know, have someone come and clean it out. It it, it doesn't have to be every year. Some sewers, it's best if it's every year. But just as a preventative maintenance, um, it can be every two years or something. They can tell you you've got some issues. Here's the things you need to look for. And how often you should clean it. Yeah, because if you know, the last thing you want is to uh, do a load of laundry and have a kid taking a bath, and they both discharge that water at once, and now your basement's flooded with your sewer water because you didn't realize it was slow, but it is. So, yeah. well, they, they're putting those. I don't know if I, I was backflow preventers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, which that is code now, but yeah, and right. not in St. Paul though. I don't think I have my my doubts about those things always being effective too. No. But we'll see. We'll There's see. There's nothing like shit getting backed up though, man. It's bad. <laughs> it is bad. It is bad. So, 
avoidance of disaster have have a plumber come out and run that line every couple of years even if it's always kind of good just and let yeah. them do it you can have them um you know another good thing if you buy an older house is you can have them come out and run a camera through mm-hmm. your sewer line um my sister-in-law had tree roots inside yeah had, that happens a lot. yeah totally inside of there it cracked the side of it the sewage was just leaking out mm-hmm. yeah underneath the Yard, oh, the tree but, was happy as could be. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, oh man. Yeah. Found the found the lifeblood. Uh, all right. The prettiest too. tree in the yard. <laughs> Why is that one so green? Oh man. Well, I, I you know I think we've done it. I think we we confused some people. We answered some questions. Yeah. Got some live questions. Got some That's live questions. Yeah. Pretty cool. Nice. I do like that. Do like that? Um, we'll do another one of these soon enough because these are fun. But thanks for listening along, everyone. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Good luck out there. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another amazing episode of the most important show out there. Before we go, we want to thank you again for supporting us and for all the lovely things you say about us on social media. Shows like this grow with help from people like you. And remember, Keep sending us your questions. We really appreciate the stories and the great insights we gain from our audience. We also want to remind you that you can buy shirts, hats, and more at joecontractorshow.com. Be good to each other, and we'll catch you on the next show. 